You're listening to the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. Here's the deal. If you make disciples by sitting around and talking, you shouldn't be surprised when your disciples sit around and talk and talk and talk. This is the podcast for those weary of just talking and ready to start activating in the mission Jesus gave us to change the world. The Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast, where disciples and disciple makers gather to grow and go together. Here's your host, Dr. Matt Friedemann. Hey, dear friends, great to have you with us today. Remember, the place for a man, for a woman completing all their powers is in the spiritual fight. And right now, today, somewhere in the world, making disciples of the nations. So stay tuned, stay encouraged. We have a rendezvous with destiny. All right, folks, great to have you with us today. Really, man, it's just, it's wonderful to keep coming back and knowing that we've got a great listening audience out there. Thank you. Thank you for being on this podcast with us. Thank you for being regular listeners. Thank you for checking out all the websites we ask you to check out. Uh, Amazon.com for Matt Friedman books and and checking out WBS.edu for the seminary. Just all these things are great. You're doing a wonderful job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being friends of the Life Changing Discipleship Podcast. Now listen, I, I've got some uh, got some things here that I want to talk about about a certain topic, uh, and the topic is interesting. I, you know, being a talk show host uh, formerly had a local show, then a statewide show, then a national show, and it was all a lot of fun. Ended, uh, glad that it ended. I ended it. I was glad to get out of it. But having said that. Whenever you got to the summers, it kind of hit the hit the doldrums period. The news cycle starts slowing down for talk radio. Now I can't imagine that's going to happen this summer because we got all kinds of really exciting issues out ahead of us in this nation. But uh, I've noticed that here with my podcasting, all of a sudden I'm thinking, "Yeah, what do I talk about now?" Uh, and so typically, this thing you're supposed to be talking about is the kind of thing that you're supposed to be doing, as I say, as a writer, write what you know about. And what I know about right now is a class that I'm teaching at Wesley Biblical Seminary. We're in the summer session. Uh, It's a very shortened, uh, intensive class, a two-week class on something called spiritual direction. This is probably the most intense level of discipleship available to us, spiritual direction. And a lot of people don't know what it is. Pretty much, I think you can get tremendous spiritual direction by doing things like reading books and uh, and uh, having your own quiet time and things. I think those are great things. Then I think there's a spiritual direction that comes from listening to a pastor preach, and hopefully you've got a great pastor that uh, preaches great biblical messages, gets you deeper into the Word. I think spiritual direction comes from that. I think there is a fellowship level where we get it down to even more nuanced and intensive places than uh, simply listening to a sermon. I think that that's uh, good stuff. And for instance, on Wednesday night at our church called Day Spring Community Church, we have Day Spring University, and we roll out seminary professors teaching on vital topics. It's really great, but that'd be more of a fellowship kind of level. Then there is a discipleship level, and that's where the scripture says, listen, the gospel is proclaimed in the temples and from house to house. And that gets down to small group Sunday school classes, home cells. I think there's a discipleship level there. On this program, we make a big deal out of 5Q discipleship. And I I highly recommend you, if you haven't done it yet, 
uh, you need to go get that book, The 5Q Method of Discipleship. It's available at Amazon. Uh, it's a book that I've written. It's very short, but it teaches you a great method of discipleship. It's called 5Q for Five Questions. And it is a, it's a, it's a method that doesn't force the leader of the group to be the content expert. But you say, let's read this passage of scripture, then let's see what each of us in this circle right now finds interesting about the passage, a phrase, a concept, a precept, a a, a, a sentence, some kind of verse here that's really jumping out at you. And we're assuming that the Holy Spirit is making those things jump out to us and we just share around. But then the second thing we do in a 5Q group, the second question is, how can we worship the God of the passage we've just read? So uh, you would tell the group, look down here, let's worship him now. And we begin worshiping the God of that text. Uh, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, I love worshiping. Then what we do is we go to a testimony. What, how has this text been proven in your life? What's a testimony? How can you brag about God, how he's made these teachings so alive in your life in the last couple of weeks? And it's a testimony time. But then we get down to the rub with our five questions. First question is, what's the scripture saying? Second question is, how can we adore him according to this passage? Third is, how can we testify with these scriptural truths in front of us? Then we come to the rub, and that is, what do we need to change? And that change question is, is really hard for a lot of us because we have become so used to listening to a sermon or listening to a Sunday school class or listening to a Bible study and not doing anything about it. That's what's typical. So in a 5Q discipleship uh, group, we ask people to do that, which isn't typical. And that is, let's actually take action. Now, the action ought to be measurable. It ought to be behavioral. It ought to be something that we can hold you accountable for the next meeting. And so the next meeting comes up and we'll be asking you, hey, you said you were going to ask forgiveness from your wife for that thing. Did you do it? We just want to know. By the way, so <laughs> I, I had a time one time when a, a guy came up and uh, he was supposed to make a phone call to his sister and he didn't do it. I said, leave. He said, excuse me. I said, leave. Go call your sister. Come back when you're done. And if you're having a great conversation, don't worry. You don't have to come back to the meeting. Just keep having that great conversation with her. You need to go call your sister. So he said, you want me to leave now? I said, leave. <laughs> so he finally got up and left. Listen, that's the kind of accountability we want to do. It, it, was, it, was, it was wonderful. It was beautiful in the moment. He was just saying, listen, you didn't get her done. Go get her done. Let's, let's go do some things with this scripture of ours instead of just all the time hearing about it and being impressed that we, we heard a great message. And so we actually hold each other accountable. for. And then the last thing is, uh, the last one of the questions of the five questions is simply, let's pray for one another. How can we pray for one another using this passage? Pick out somebody else in the group and just lay that scripture on them and intercede for them. Uh, it's a great, great way to do a discipleship group great way. I've I've got two of these things in my life right now, uh, two pastoral groups that I've been doing for 10 years apiece, 10 years. Uh, and then I got other groups uh, that we do from church and other groups that we do from uh, Wesley Biblical Seminary, but it is a great, if you want to know how to do it, uh, go to 
the five Q method of discipleship written by Matt Friedman and uh, get a copy of it and read more about it. And I think you'll be very encouraged as to how that discipleship process can happen. Then the question is, is there a more intense level than that? A more intense level than that kind of discipleship. Now, I got to tell you, 5Q is both beautiful and intense all at the same time. Is there a more intense level? The answer is yes. And it's called spiritual direction. Now, I'm teaching a course on that this summer. So I just thought, well, as long as I'm sitting on top of the data, why don't we give it to the, the podcast audience? So here we are. Some of you will remember a Christian counselor and popular author called Larry Crabb, big in psychology and in counseling. In fact, he got he has a PhD in clinical psychology. He, he says, "Listen, I, I I believe in psychology and I believe in counseling, but I believe that in today's church, therapy more and more should be replaced by another more ancient practice called spiritual direction." Now, by ancient, he said, what are you talking about ancient? Well, there's a, the Christian church has always taken spiritual counseling seriously, but we also think we can capture some of it in big ways and small ways in Scripture. You know, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, that was a moment of spiritual direction. Jethro and Moses, Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elisha, Jesus and the disciples. Yeah, Jesus was with uh, the disciples at the level of the 12, but sometimes he's down at a level of three, and sometimes he's down at a level of one. That spiritual, Paul and the apostles, you know, when Paul goes to the apostles, says, teach me. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, uh, Barnabas and John Mark. So we think we see this in scripture, and because we see it, we think, well, maybe it's appropriate for us. Not just in a group process of discipleship, but a more one-on-one -on -one dynamic where we can really plumb the depths of what God wants to do in our lives. So uh, Larry Krabs, one of the guys that said, listen, we need to think more in terms of spiritual direction. But uh, Jeanette Bakke uh, has written a book on this called Holy Invitations, Exploring Spiritual Direction. And she said in a recent Christianity Today interview, evangelicals are listening for God in ways that are different from our usual understanding of discipleship. We're looking at many Christian disciplines like prayer, silence and solitude, discernment, journaling, and others. Spiritual direction is one of these disciplines many evangelical Christians are learning about and exploring. And I think to great benefit. Now, it's not as popular as discipleship groups. It's not uh, something that's really well-known or as well-known as I think it should be. But what it includes is basically this. You are able to go to someone and say, I'd like to be spiritually directed by you. I'd like in, to get into a conversation with you about my spiritual progress over the next six months, over the next year. We, are you willing to do that? And because it's such an unusual thing, most people aren't going to know what to do. That's why we have a class on spiritual direction to say, we need to not only know how to do it, but to train some people in our church to say, we are part of a local church certified spiritual direction group. And if you want that kind of thing for your life, if you're hungering and thirsting for more, then we want to help you. Uh, and we're going to be spiritual directors for you. So the, the whole thing comes down to basically this. You have a yearning for more, a yearning for God, a yearning for a deeper relationship. You want to know more of the abundance of life. And therefore, you recognize that something may be missing, 
and that somebody else might be able to help you find that thing, whatever that thing might be. And so you say, I'd like to sit down with a spiritual director and let's go. So spiritual direction is not counseling. Usually what we say with counseling is you've got a problem. So let me go get some counseling. But this isn't that really. Spiritual direction is more of, I've got an opportunity for growth. I think I don't have all that Jesus wants me to have. Let me go find a a mature Christian to help me talk through it to get to a point where, ah, I'm now making better progress. That's spiritual direction. It's not counseling, but it's not totally unlike it either. Uh, For instance, it's not unlike counseling because Spiritual direction is not about advice giving so much as it is about good listening and and allowing the directed one, the disciple, to come with the help of the director and God to their own conclusions. So a big part of spiritual direction is basically asking good questions, not laying on them prophecy, not laying on them a word from the Lord, but saying, listen, let me ask the right questions to get you to begin thinking in terms of this is what I think God wants me to do. And that question asking thing is a powerful, powerful tool that most of us don't exercise because most of us are too interested in talking or (laughs) giving advice or here's a scripture you need to be thinking about. Now that may come into play in spiritual direction, but on the whole that will arise out of Lots and lots of questions being asked of the directee. So the director is a great asker of questions. So really, there's a three-part encounter. God is in the midst. The Holy Spirit's right there. There's the directee and there's the spiritual director. And the reason for this meeting, the reason for this relationship is that the directee, the disciple, may grow in their relationship with God with our Lord. Now, that's huge. And I just, uh, I I think that's something that the church ought to practice a lot more. Again, I can't articulate this enough. Listening is the key. Most spiritual direction relationships has the leader asking questions, sometimes repeating them back uh, a word or a phrase that they just said and asking them to say more about that word or that phrase. Very rarely, I believe God wants you to do this. Very rarely. It might happen sometimes, but very rarely. You don't want to risk getting out in front of God. On the other hand, something that is sometimes articulated is, hey, let's read this together. Let's pray about it. Let's journal about it for next week and come back next week to talk about it. Uh, There's a guy named Reginald Ward, who's an English Anglican priest. Uh, lived back, uh, was born back in the 19th century, died in 1962. But he said this, the task of the physician of souls is twofold. First duty is that of diagnosis by which you must endeavor to discover that which is doing most to hinder the soul contact with God and the shaping of the life to carry out the purpose of God. Second duty is to find out how the contact with God through prayer which is a source of health and strength in the spiritual life of the individual can be increased and trained. And I would say not just through prayer, but through prayer, through reading and study of scripture, through fasting, through the Lord's Supper, through getting together with other believers, and through compassionate service in your community. 
And you get more in contact with God through those things that we call the means of grace. So spiritual direction is steeped in the means of grace. We want people to be asked questions about their prayer life and about their Bible study life and about their weekly fasting, about fellowship and about worship and about service and compassionate service most of all. And when those things begin uh, sinking together, all of a sudden you've got tremendous, tremendous, tremendous progress and a growing relationship with the Lord. I think you have an expansive relationship with the Lord when those things start working together. Now, one of the things, one of the key parts of the class for me, we started going over it last night in class. One of the key parts of the class for me is understanding the map. You say, the map. What do you mean the map? I think we've already talked about it on, in here before, but I want to say the map is very critical, I think, to understanding where you are with the Lord. So think in terms of uh, Moses and Egypt and the Red Sea and getting into the promised land under Joshua. So that's that's where we're going back to. Basically, you can find this kind of stuff in a book like Exodus. The map says this. There are critical places that you can plot your own spiritual life today. For instance, Egypt, Red Sea, uh, the desert, Kadesh Barnea, uh, east of the Jordan River, the Jordan River, and then the promised land. Where are you right now on the map? For instance, are you in Egypt? In Egypt, those are pre-Christian days, and you haven't yet found salvation. So you are imprisoned. Now, what's interesting about this is it may be that you are saved, but part of your life is in prison. And we need to discover how we can know God's expansive grace in that part of our life. But having said that, are you in Egypt today? And that is you are still imprisoned. You are still enslaved to things that are not worthy. Uh, uh, the Egypt is a is a first place you'd say. Or have you crossed the Red Sea? Do you know salvation? And so you say the two options so far: Egypt, you are still enslaved, or are you saved? You've crossed the Red Sea. Now remember, once they get across the Red Sea, they find themselves in one of the most desolate places on the whole globe. They find themselves in the Sinai Peninsula which, by the way, is nothing but, wow, look at the sand. And what that becomes is the university of the desert. God has to teach them some things before they're going to be ready to seize the promised land. So that could be an option for their life. Egypt, Red Sea, or are you out in the desert right now learning the things God wants you to learn? Are you still in the university phase? Then there comes a place called Kadesh Barnea. Now, if you remember, they're supposed to launch from there and go up into the promised land, but they don't. They spend about two and a half years out there in the desert. They're ready to go. God has equipped them to go. They're empowered to go. They send in 12 spies. 10 of the spies come back and say, we can't do it. Two of the spies come back and said, we will do it. Let's go. Joshua and Caleb are the name of those guys. And what happens is they don't go get the land, and God makes them wander in the wilderness for the next 40 years. And uh, there you have it. They're wandering. And so Egypt or Red Sea or University of the Desert, or are you disappointing God 
in the desert with your wandering about. And I got the feeling a lot of Christians are right there. They're wandering. I'm going to tell you my own testimony before I was entirely sanctified, before I was full of the spirit is right there. I was wandering and I felt the call of God to say, get moving and seizing the land today, or you'll be wandering 40 years from now. And so I decided that day, I want to be full of the spirit. I consecrate everything to Jesus. I leave nothing behind. Let me seize his land for me. So the fifth step would be positioned east of the Jordan. You are now positioned where God says it's time. Are you positioned for the next great sanctifying moment of your life, which is crossing the Jordan River? And the crossing of the Jordan River is going to stand for our purposes of spiritually placing ourselves on the map as the point of entire sanctification or fullness of the Spirit. I'm I've gone across a second body of water, a second baptism, so to speak, and now I am in the promised land. Now, the promised land is interesting, y'all. Promised land isn't a land of ease. It isn't a land of of, uh, sitting around and, uh, you know, smoking cigars and drinking lattes. It just isn't. That's not the promised land. The promised land is hard work. The promised land is spiritual warfare of engaging the enemy. But the promised land is a promised land because the promised land is a place where God wants you, where that is your destiny. And as we knew, there's more, we're going to stop right there as far as the map is concerned, but there's more history than that to it, isn't there? Eventually they get carted off as well they should to Babylon have to come back and it's it's all get to come back. It's all beautiful, incredible history. But for our purposes, I like to show them literally a map. So plot yourself. Where are you today? I love to ask the spiritually directed to say, listen, I, I want to know, are you in Egypt today? Are you in the Red Sea today? Have you known salvation? Are you learning the lessons God wants you to learn in the University of the Desert? Are you wandering right now? Have you disappointed God and you're wandering? You're saved, but there's a place he'd rather have you to be than wandering in the wilderness. Are you now well positioned to take the next step east of the Jordan River? Have you crossed the Jordan River, received the power of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit? Have you consecrated everything to God and left nothing back? Are you today in the promised land? And by the way, there are issues in the promised land too, but nonetheless, full of the spirit, engaged in the promised land, it's where God wants you to be. So this is one of the great things about the spiritual direction class. I challenge my students to say, sit down with someone and ask them, where are they on the map? Explain briefly all the possible positions to say, where are you? And then, hmm, where does God want us to be? Now, what this is called is the Ordo Salutis, and the Ordo Salutis is basically this, the order of salvation. It's, I'm not saved. Now I am saved. Now I'm growing in that salvation. Now he wants me to be entirely sanctified, and then he wants me to be in the promised land, and then eventually he wants me to be in glory. So where am I on that order of salvation? I just think one of the great ways to ask them where they're at is to show them a map and say, hey, 
wherever you're at, God doesn't want you to stay there. He wants to increase the grace flowing into your life so that you can be all that he ever imagined you could be. How can we increase the grace flowing into our lives? And there's where the spiritual director can help by saying, listen, do you have a prayer life? And they may or may not have one, but you need a regular prayer life, a regular time of studying the word every day. You need weekly fasting. You need to be in fellowship with a small group, maybe a 5Q discipleship group, or definitely with the church service. You need to be in compassionate service in your community. Once a week, getting out there with someone in dire need and engaging them. That's works of compassion. Jesus spent almost all his uh, three years of discipleship with his disciples doing that kind of thing on a regular basis, on a daily basis, we should too. When we talk about these things, we want to talk about them at a deeper level. So prayer life, what are some suggestions you might have for them if they ask for them about how they might go deeper in their prayer life? Bible study, weekly fasting, Bible study, uh, teach them journaling. But to teach them journaling, you're going to have to learn about journaling. Weekly fasting, how do you do that well? How do you do that better? How do you do that with meaning? And on it goes. And so the spiritual director becomes an expert in these things and is able to share with the directee their insights. Y'all, the only reason we're talking about this is saying there's a more intense level of discipleship that the Lord wants you to engage people in. It'd be well worth your time to consider spiritual direction. And again, there are a lot of places you can go to uh, find out more about it. I uh, have basically two books that I let my uh, students read, ask my students to read, actually force them to read, <laughs> called Holy Invitations, Exploring Spiritual Direction by an author named Baki, B-A-K-K-E. And then the other book is Sacred Companions. The Gift of Spiritual Friendship and Direction, written by a guy named Benner, B-E-N-N-E-R. I also had them read The 5Q Method of Discipleship, and of course, one other book just for spiritual formation purposes. I have them read Dallas Willard's The Spirit of the Disciplines, Understanding How God Changes Lives. And y'all, every one of us listening to a discipleship podcast ought to be experts on how God changes lives. And it's going to be largely through the spiritual disciplines, what we choose to call the means of grace. So y'all check out Spirit Direction. Uh, get on the internet, uh, zip around, order these books, learn more about it because listen, there are people in your congregation right now, and maybe you're one of them that want to go deeper. You know there is something more. And that means you'll probably need to get in to a relationship with a more mature Christian to get there. And maybe the less mature people in your congregation need to get together with you so that you can spiritually direct them with good questions. That's kind of a wrap on spiritual direction. It's been an honor to have you listening to Life-Changing Discipleship with Matt Friedemann. Hey, check out our Facebook page, Life-Changing Discipleship, and check out our books at amazon.com, particularly that 5Q Discipleship book, the 5Q method of discipleship, or just put Matt Friedemann into the search engine there and see what's offered. Always, always, always tell people about this podcast. And remember, my wife thanks you, my daughter thanks you, my sons and their wives thank you, and I can assure you that I thank you for listening to Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast today. Love God, live clean, keep the faith, make disciples, friends, always make disciples, 
and you might think about spiritually directing some people. And God bless you, dear friends. We'll see you back here real soon. <laughs>